Chapter Forty Three of the Book of Snobs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rosie. The Book of Snobs by William Makepeace Thackeray. Chapter Forty Three. Club Snobs. The misfortune which befell the simple and good-natured young Sackville arose entirely from that abominable sarcophagus club, and that he ever entered it was partly the fault of the present writer. Foreseeing Mrs. Chuff, his mother-in-law, had a taste for the genteel, indeed her talk was all about Lord Collingwood, Lord Gambier, Sir Jaleel Brenton, and the Gosport and Plymouth balls, Wagley and I, according to our wont, trumped her conversation and talked about lords, dukes, marquises, and baronets, as if those dignitaries were our familiar friends. "'Lord Sextonbury,' says I, "'seems to have recovered her ladyship's death. "'He and the Duke were very jolly over their wine at the sarcophagus last night, weren't they, Wagley?' "'Good fellow,' the Duke Wagley replied. "'Pray, ma'am, to Mrs. Chuff, you who know the world and etiquette, "'will you tell me what a man ought to do in my case? "'Last June, his grace, his son Lord Castlerampant, "'Tom Smith and myself were dining at the club "'when I offered the odds against Daddy Longlegs for the Derby, forty to one in sovereigns only.' his grace took the bet and i of course won he has never paid me now can i ask such a great man for a sovereign one more lump of sugar if you please my dear madam it was lucky wagley gave her this opportunity to elude the question for it prostrated the whole worthy family among whom we were they telegraphed each other with wondering eyes mrs chuff's stories about the naval nobility grew quite faint and little mrs sackville became uneasy and went upstairs to look at the children not at that young monster nelson collingwood who was sleeping off the whisky and water but at a couple of little ones who had made their appearance at dessert and of whom she and sackville were the happy parents the end of this and subsequent meetings with mr maine was that we proposed and got him elected as a member of the sarcophagus club it was not done without a deal of opposition the secret having been whispered that the candidate was a coal merchant you may have been sure some of the proud people and most of the parvenus of the club were ready to blackball him we combated this opposition successfully however we pointed out to the parvenus that the lambtons and the stewarts sold coals we mollified the proud by accounts of his good birth good nature and good behaviour and wagley went about on the day of the election describing with great eloquence the action between the pitchfork and the furibond and the valour of captain maine our friend's father there was a slight mistake in the narrative but we carried our man with only a trifling sprinkling of black beans in the boxes biles is of course who blackballs everybody and bungs who looks down upon a coal merchant having himself lately retired from the wine trade some fortnight afterwards i saw sackville maine under the following circumstances he was showing the club to his family he had brought them thither in the light blue fly waiting at the club door with mrs chuff's hobbadehoy footboy on the box by the side of the flyman in a sham livery nelson collingwood pretty mrs sackville mrs captain chuff mrs commodore chuff we call her were all there the latter of course in the vermilion tabinet which splendid as it is is nothing in comparison to the splendour of the sarcophagus the delighted sackville maine was pointing out the beauties of the place to them it seemed as beautiful as paradise to that little party the sarcophagus displays every known variety of architecture and decoration the great library is elizabethan the small library is pointed gothic the dining-room is severe doric the stranger's room has an egyptian look the drawing-rooms are louis quatorze so-called because the hideous ornaments displayed were used in the time of louis quinze the quartile or hall is morisco italian it is all over marble maple wood looking-glasses arabesques ormolo and sclagliola 
Scrolls, ciphers, dragons, cupids, polyanthuses, and other flowers writhe up in the walls in every kind of cornucopiosity. Fancy every gentleman in Julian's band playing with all his might, and each performing a different tune. The ornaments at our club, the sarcophagus, so bewilder and affect me. Dazzled with emotions which I cannot describe, and which she dared not reveal, Mrs. Chuff, followed by her children and son-in-law, walked wondering amongst these blundering splendors. In the great library, 225 feet long by 150, the only man Mrs. Chuff saw was Tiggs. He was lying on a crimson velvet sofa, reading a French novel of Paul de Kock. It was a very little book. He is a very little man. In that enormous hall he looked like a mere speck. As the ladies passed breathless and trembling in the vastness of the magnificent solitude, he threw a knowing killing glance at the fair strangers, as much to say, "'Ain't I a fine fellow?' They thought so, I'm sure. "'Who is that?' hisses out Mrs. Chuff, when we were about fifty yards off him at the other end of the room. "'Tiggs,' says I, in a similar whisper. "'Pretty comfortable this, isn't it, my dear?' says Maine in a free and easy way to Mrs. Sackville. "'All the magazines you see, writing materials, new works, choice library, containing every work of importance. What have we here? Dugdale's Monasticon, a most valuable and, I believe, entertaining book.' and proposing to take down one of the books for Mrs. Maine's inspection, he selected volume seven, to which he was attracted by the singular fact that a brass door-handle grew out of the back. Instead of pulling out a book, however, he pulled open a cupboard, only inhabited by a lazy housemaid's broom and duster, at which he looked exceedingly discomfited, while Nelson Collingwood, losing all respect, burst into a roar of laughter. "'That's the rummest book I ever saw,' says Nelson. "'I wish we'd no others at Merchant Taylor's.' "'Hush, Nelson!' cries Mrs. Chuff, and we went into the other magnificent apartments. How they did admire the drawing-room hangings, pink and silver brocade, most excellent wear for London, and calculated the price per yard, and reveled on the luxurious sofas, and gazed on the immeasurable looking-glasses. "'Pretty well to shave by, eh?' says Maine to his mother-in-law. He was getting more abominably conceited every minute. "'Get away, Sackville,' says she, quite delighted, and threw a glance over her shoulder, and spread out the wings of the red tabinet, and took a good look at herself. So did Mrs. Sackville. Just one, and I thought the glass reflected a very smiling, pretty creature. "'But what's a woman at a looking-glass? Bless the little dears, it's their place. They fly to it naturally. It pleases them, and they adorn it. What I like to see, and watch with increasing joy and adoration, is the club men at the great looking-glasses.' old gills pushing up his collars and grinning at his own mottled face hulker looking solemnly at his great person and tightening his coat to give himself a waist fred minchin simpering by as he is going out to dine and casting upon the reflection of his white neckcloth a pleased moony smile what a deal of vanity that club mirror has reflected to be sure well, the ladies went through the whole establishment with perfect pleasure. They beheld the coffee-rooms, and the little tables laid for dinner, and the gentlemen who were taking their lunch, and old Jawkins thundering away as usual. They saw the reading-rooms, and the rush for the evening papers. They saw the kitchens, those wonders of art, where the chef was presiding over twenty pretty kitchen-maids, and ten thousand shining saucepans, and they got into the light blue fly perfectly bewildered with pleasure. Sackville did not enter it, though little Laura took the back seat on purpose, and left him the front place alongside of Mrs. Chuff's red tabinet. "'We have your favourite dinner,' says she, in a timid voice. "'Won't you come, Sackville?' "'I shall take a chop here to-day, my dear,' Sackville replied. "'Home, James.' And he went up the steps of the sarcophagus, and the pretty face looked very sad out of the carriage as the blue fly drove away. End of chapter 43 Reading by Rosie